Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. So good. You know, our prayer times are probably some of the most powerful parts of our, of our gathering together. You know, two or three agree. My goodness. Powerful things happen. One puts a thousand to flight. Two puts ten thousand. Imagine, you know, the synergy in this room and just this, the spiritual power that's being released for good. Yay. Yeah. So many, so many good things that, uh, that we have anticipation for. Yeah. Wow. So, there have been prophetic words that the Lord was going to cause a shaking on the earth. You know, this is, you know, going back to 2020, just an understanding that everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that the unshakable things of the kingdom might remain. And the Lord was speaking about the rise and fall of nations and of authorities and systems. And we're actually living through that right now. There's, there's huge shakings that's taking place uh, across the planet. And some of us are kind of like, you know, like, yay, it's all right. We're okay. I didn't have any money invested in Silicon Valley Bank. Well, I didn't put my signature to that other bank. It's called Signature Bank in New York. All right. Uh, but there are huge, huge ripples that are, are being felt across the planet. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter what happens. God's got us. And he can take care of us. Like there were no ATMs in the wilderness. Like there wasn't even a corner shop you can go and get supplies. But the Lord was able to take care of a couple of million people like the supernatural just manifested into the natural realm. The bread of heaven, Jesus, I am the bread of life. The bread of heaven came down. Yeah? Manna. And the people said, what's this? Because that's the Hebrew translation for manna. They were eating, what's this? I mean, you know what it's like. Sometimes somebody serves food, like, what's this? And he said, not this again. Yeah. Listen, if the Lord's able to take care of millions of people in the wilderness, how much more is he able to take care of us? Our hope and our faith is never in the systems of this world. We did, from this platform, say... There will come a time when the policies will have an effect. There will be a price to, 
to be paid. You cannot print money and print money without assets underneath it to maintain its value. I'm not an expert in economics. I just got a degree in it, but I'm not an expert. But they taught me, because I happened to be studying in 1987 through that crash. They taught me that inflation is going to get you sooner or later. And you cannot artificially reduce the inflation or the interest rate without there being a price to be paid somewhere along the line. There's no such thing as a free lunch, except if it's manna. And so, so we're stepping into a time where the bill is being presented for everybody sitting at home for a few weeks at a time. Don't worry, no matter what happens, he's got us, he's got this, and he's bigger, and he's sorting out some of the, the iniquities and the inequalities, he's sorting things out. He's bigger than the systems of this world. Yeah? There's certain things that it's just clever to do, you know, it's just clever to have, you know, a source of light in your house. You know, a hundred years ago, people did it. Just have some ability to generate your own light. Find a f- way to, you know, store some water. You know, I thought the Jojo tanks were supposed to be for water. Turns out I was wrong. Being naughty, yeah. Being naughty. You know Jojo tanks? Well, apparently, according to our ex deputy president, Jojo tanks are for storing money. Isn't that extraordinary? I mean, I thought it was like, look, we said he thought money, you know, it, the cash is just flowing. You know, and you must increase your liquidity. <laughs> so he stored it in a tank. But so Jojo, anyway. Isn't that funny? All right. It's just really just good stewardship just to ensure that you've you got a few batteries and you've got some light and you've got some water and you've got a few things in your pantry. It's just, you know, it's not fear-based. It's like, be a good steward. Proverbs says, observe the ant and store away for the times when you need something in your pantry. Just be a good steward. Don't consume everything you got. And don't consume what you don't got. 
But we're in, we're in for some fun times. Absolutely amazing fun times. The, you know, when there's, a, there's greater need, then there's a greater release of the miraculous. You only need a miracle when you need a miracle. You, you, you don't need a miracle when everything is just there. You only need a miracle in your health when you don't have health. You only need a miracle in your finances when your finances are in deep trouble. So, it's going to be okay, even if we face some difficult challenges, the Lord is going to see us through. Stay in the place of peace and don't partner with the opposite spirit. Good? Okay. That was just the bonus round. What I wanted to just take some time this morning just to talk about how it is that we as New Testament believers, empowered by the Holy Spirit, as his sheep who hear his voice, that we would know what it is that he's saying to us. And he said that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So we've been living in the last days for about 2,000 years. That's what the Bible says. Peter said, this is that. Like Joel said in the last days, and Peter said, this is it. We're in the last days. That was 2,000 years ago. That's just to give you a little perspective of all the people that get really hyped about the last days. Jesus said he's coming soon, and he is. We just don't quite understand how to interpret that word soon. But we live with an expectation he's returning. But he also said, occupy until I come. In other words, take over the place. Manage it. Look after it. Be ambassadors. Be my representatives. Steward everything that I've given you. And then when I return, I'll be looking for the interest. I'll be looking for the returns. So that I can give you reward. Well done, good and faithful. So there's great reason for us being here on the earth and to bring increase because we're going to need that increase for reward for eternity. We're, we're kind of chipping away at the mentality that believers are just, you know, be good and stay in your box. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Do you remember this from years ago? This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. 
you in your small corner? What? It's like stay in your small corner? No! Bad theology behind that song. No, no, no. He said let your light shine so people can see your Father in heaven and praise Him. People praise Him because they recognize who He is and they bow in worship and they yield to Him. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess. The point is that our good works are meant to expand and to give Him glory. Not like hide in your little corner so that nobody knows who you are and what you're doing, like an undercover agent. No, no, no. Let it shine. You are the light of the world because His light is within us. So as believers, we hear His voice He's speaking to us. He's giving to us as this generation that's living in the last times, in the last days, even though it's a long period of time, but we hear on the front foot, not on the back foot. It's causing his sons and daughters to, to rise, to come into the place of maturity. All of creation is groaning, waiting, longing for the sons of God to be revealed, to be manifest, to come into the fullness of what God has intended. In other words, we're supposed to be stepping into that place of making an impact on the planet. As sons and daughters representing him and his rule and his reign, demonstrating that he is the king over all, this is not hide in your corner wait till Jesus comes back. No, no, no. This is, he's coming for a mature bride. He's coming for a people who are crushing Satan under their feet. That's Romans 16. Satan will soon be crushed under your feet. Wow. Come on, this is, this is an army bride. Yeah? Her wedding dress, and you lift up, you see army boots under there. Yeah. This is the kind of people he's coming for. People on the front foot. Now as his sons and his daughters, the sheep of his pasture who hear his voice, we need to know that we're hearing accurately. That we're not getting mixed signals. That we are not misunderstanding what he's saying. And so the scriptures encourage us, in fact even command us. Don't treat prophecies with contempt. This is First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 to 22. Don't treat prophecies with contempt, but test everything. Hold on to the good and reject the bad, the evil. In other words, in prophetic, in our hearing God as sons and daughters, as he speaks to us, he speaks directly to us, spirit to spirit, and he speaks to us through one another. How is it that we can know that what we're hearing is good, right, and accurate? 
that we can discern which is the good to hold on to and to discern which is the stuff that we need to flush because it's toxic. It stinks. Get rid of it because it's going to foul up everything. Make sense? Okay. So we noted already that God has given to us leaders to help us. So firstly, in terms of discerning, he gives to us leaders, godly shepherds, to help us in our discipling journey. That we might know that we're reading, we're interpreting what God is saying accurately. Mm-hmm. I was just remembering a story. My, my brother-in-law... Um, runs a, a business and he's got some guys who, who go and do deliveries for him and um, they punched in the address into GPS and it's like so in the the instructions was you know do this delivery in this place and then do that delivery in that place and then that delivery in that place and it's worked out because of efficiencies, fuel, and you know when the customer needs the, the thing to be dropped off, you know, so it's all kind of coordinated and synchronized together. And he says, "Okay, now from there it should take you about forty-five minutes to get to the next place, and then from there, you know, go there." And so the customer phones up and he says, "Man, the guys were supposed to be at ten thirty. Where are these guys?" So he. He then tracks down his, his delivery chaps and he says, listen, man, where are you guys headed? What's going on? They said, here we are. And they punched in the street address, but instead of Pretoria, it was Potchefstroom. <laughs> Same street. So the courageous leader had to help them steer their interpretation of the instructions that they might end up in the right place. Same thing with us. We get a prophetic word. And we might have the right number and the right street name and whatever. But you know what? It might just be that there's a first avenue in a suburb called, which is also existing in another town. And you might think you're headed in the right direction, but you need a courageous leader who's kind of like maybe got a bigger picture, who can help you be in the right place at the right time. So leadership is, is part of God's gift to us. Secondly, in terms of weighing, judging, testing, discerning how God speaks to us, is that all prophetic words must line up with the word of God. Jesus is the eternal word. He came and tabernacled among us. And he lived among us. And, and so Jesus, the written word, the living word, the eternal word, 
what he speaks to us will always be consistent with the revelation in and through scripture. So if you have a word that violates what God has revealed in scripture, then you know this is not a word. Right? Oh, I was having my quiet time. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, I don't have to pay taxes anymore. (laughs) Because he's revealed to me, you know, that the government is corrupt and they're not using the money properly and they're being wasteful in the expenditure. Therefore, I'm legitimized in withholding my taxes. And I feel the Lord saying to me, you know, that I need to be a good steward of what he's given to me. And if I give my taxes to them, that they won't steward it well. So therefore, I feel the Lord saying, don't pay your taxes. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, you've got to violate some other revelation. Pray for those in authority and submit to them. That it might go well with you. All right? And so a whole bunch of passages, whether it be in Romans or in Timothy, whatever, about, you know, give to Caesar what's due Caesar. And so your revelation is at odds with what God has already revealed in the Word. Or, you know, God's okay with me because of my weakness. Actually, it's not a weakness, it's a strength, really. You see, the Lord has given me such a strong libido. And we all know that sexuality is a gift from God. And my spouse is not able to meet my needs. Therefore, the Lord understands and he's okay with me having relationships with somebody else that I'm not in covenant relationship with. Because, you know, God's okay with this because he made me this way. Um, let me just think a little bit. That would be no. That would be definitely no. Because the scripture says, keep the marriage bed pure. Now God is not okay with you violating scripture. Your revelation, what you think you're hearing from God always is submitted to the consistency of Scripture. Does this make sense? Okay. Then the third thing we went on, and we said that when we are weighing, judging, testing, that whatever we receive from the Lord, it must align with the nature, the character, and the commands of Jesus. Okay. And we, we looked at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, which says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, elsewhere, Jesus said, speaking about the prophets And the false prophets, he said, you will know them 
by their fruit. You know, sometimes it's not easy. There's a, um, there's a plant growing in, in your garden, and you're kind of like, well, the leaves look a bit like this, and the bark looks like that, and it might be this or it might be that. And you say, well, we'll wait until it produces fruit. Then we'll know. And our ability to see in this natural realm, the visible realm, the qualities of the eternal one from the invisible realm is the fruit of the essence of God. So we can see the nature of God through the fruit of God. So the fruit of the Spirit is revealing to us the essence of who God is. This is amazing. Yeah, so we can tell if something is in alignment with who God is by the fruit of what we're tasting, what we're experiencing. So when we experience a prophetic word, a word of encouragement, something that we've either got from the Lord, spirit to spirit, or through someone else, like, is it consistent? Does it align with the very essence, the nature of God? Because there's no shadow of turning with God. It's not like, hey, God wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, and all of a sudden he's in a grumpy mood. Whoa, watch out, he is going to sort you out today. No, 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 no. He's consistent. He's not changeable. Yeah? This is not about, well, if God wills, like fate. Like, well, we don't know. No, no, we do know. Come on. Let me try this side. Christianity is not fatalism like we just leave it up to fate listen there's so much stuff that comes through movies that is absolute twaddle and 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 then we've got whole areas of religious groupings well if so wills don't allow a wrong understanding of who god is to creep into your walk with God. Sidebar. He's revealed it's his nature to heal. He wills. Like the guy with leprosy. Well, Lord, if you're willing, you can. He says, What? If I'm willing, of course I'm willing. God's willing. Oh, I don't know if God's will to heal. I don't know if it's God's will to save my neighbor. You know, maybe they were just born and destined to go to hell. So maybe, should I, shouldn't I witness, you know? I don't know if it's God's will. 
No, no, it's revealed in the word. It's his will that none should perish. So we know that he's consistent. It's like, ah, sorry man, your neighbor chose the wrong address. Like everybody look under your chair, did you get the prize or not? This is not the lottery. His nature, his will. All right? He's consistent. That's why we can approach the throne of grace with confidence in our time of need. So with this, how is it that this word that comes into my life lines, aligns with fruit of the Spirit, which comes from the very essence of God? So if the word is releasing peace into my heart, it's kind of like, okay, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. How about the scripture um, in Colossians 3 and verse 15? Colossians 3 and verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful, and let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. This is a beautiful scripture, yes? So many lovely concepts that are actually intertwined here, a bunch of ingredients that have been put together to something that mm, just tastes delicious. That there should be gratitude and thanksgiving in our hearts. That we're constantly living with an attitude of gratitude. It doesn't matter what's going on on the planet. We have an attitude of gratitude. Why? Because he saved us. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. It's got nothing to do with my bank balance. I am eternally grateful. That he saved me. He doesn't have to do anything else. I will still be grateful. Eternally grateful. So we've got something to give thanks for every single day. Yeah, but my house this and my car that and my bank balance. No, no. For eternity, you've been redeemed. Wow. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. Wow. Always something to be grateful for. Let the message, the word of God, let it fill you and feed you. The message of salvation, the message of his love for you, adoption, all of these good things. Let the word, let it feed you and fill you and strengthen you. Oh. And as you are doing this, let peace, the peace of God. Remember, he's the prince of peace. Mm -hmm. Princes rule 
on behalf of a king. Let the prince of peace rule, govern your heart and mind. Let the peace of God rule your heart. Not social media. Not political parties. Not the economy. Not your boss. Not your spouse. Not your kids. You're tracking. Let the peace of God rule. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Ask yourself. Let the peace of God rule. And that rule there is like, like an umpire. Yeah? And an umpire says it's in or it's out. Makes a ruling. It's a six or it's a four or you're out. Let the peace of God be that umpire ruling in your heart. So when you have peace in your heart, a word comes to you and peace is here. It's kind of like, I don't know how this word is ever going to come about, but I just have peace about it. It's like, okay, that's one of the indications this is the Spirit of God. This is an alignment with God and His word to me is like, like, I don't know how this is going to happen. I can't make it happen. But peace comes to me with this word. That's one of the tests. Sometimes somebody can come with a grand old word for you, but it's just like, mm mm, it's just not comfortable. It's like, I just don't have peace about this. Now, peace will be in your heart and peace will be in the hearts of leaders who are walking with you and your brothers and sisters. Because peace is going to surround the whole process. See, that's why these things work together. So yes, we're talking about, you know, breaking it down in individual components, but it all works together. As a safeguard, so that we don't run off in wrong directions and we're in Potchefstroom when we should be in Pretoria. Well, I had peace. Yeah, well, of course you had peace. Because you've always wanted a Ferrari. Yeah? But there's no peace in the home because we can't put bread on the table. So you can run off with your Ferrari, but it's actually not resulting in peace in the home. Something's out of order. Does it make sense? So there'll be a witness of peace in your heart, but also in the hearts of those that the Lord has put in your life in terms of walking and journeying together. Hmm? I was picking on um, 
on the worship team in the first service. And I see they're not here for the second. I was just saying, you know, sometimes, let's just have a hypothetical scenario. Somebody gets a word. I'm going to use the worship team, because Sean Foyt's coming soon. And very often, we have heroes of the faith. We have somebody that we look up to, that we aspire to, we'd like to be like them. And then when we get a prophetic word, it can cause us to become inflated. So say there was a prophetic word. You know, the Lord sees your heart. You have the heart of David. He's going to give to you a big platform. I see you standing in front of tens of thousands of people and you're leading worship. And I see the Lord is bringing to you strategic people who are going to help you to record albums and you're going to make you know, massive amounts of money because the Lord is with you and your songs are going to go to number one on the radio station and almighty oh, warrior. Now when a word like that comes and it's a grandiose word A couple of things can happen in terms of our own spirit. Because it's really easy for us to latch onto something that is bigger than what we are and allow pride to enter in. And so sometimes what happens is people kind of go, oh, well that must be true. I'm going to grow my hair long now. Because I'm going to be just like Sean. And I'm going to, you know, stadiums and whatever it is. So like, you know, God's already got a Sean. He needs a you. Doesn't need another Sean. But one of the issues that we deal with in our lives is kind of like this thing of self-importance. It's like, well, I've got this prophetic word. It's like, well, I'm not playing in the cell group or the connect group. Or whatever it is. It's like this is just 12 people. The Lord said I'm going to stand up in front of thousands. I'm not going to waste my time with just a dozen people. Because I'm, you know, I'm too important. I've got this big ministry that's been prophesied. And it's easy for pride to be elevated. Inflated. With this kind of a thing. Now. You could get this kind of a word. In in any sphere. Say you're in business. And the Lord. You know. Has been blessing you. And so on. And then somebody comes and then. You know. Prophesies. These massive. International deals and all the rest of it but you can't manage your cash flow and you can't look after your three employees properly. You're not being a good steward with the little that is already entrusted to you. Even though you've experienced some measure of blessing, 
because his favor and his goodness, he causes the rain to fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. And you've been operating in the mercy of God. Now you want to step into the grace of God. First, steward correctly under the mercy of God before we expand these things under the grace of God. Does it make sense? So, well, you know, okay. So the fruit of the Spirit, what is it that's attracting or a response inside of me? Is it love, peace, joy, patience? Like the faithfulness of God? Like forbearance? Like can I just hang in there? Or I'm just grumpy, I'm irritable, I'm impatient. Don't you know who I am? No, no. Don't worry about writing books that are going to change the world. Can you just look after a small group of youngsters in children's ministry? No, 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 no. I've got an international ministry. Really? We'll start with these young international ones. You're tracking with me. Conversely, don't think of yourself too lowly. Well, I'm a nothing and I'm a nobody. And I come from a dysfunctional family and you know what? I'm no good. The grace of God is powerful. And he can bring healing and wholeness. And don't discount and disqualify what the Lord is wanting to do in and through you. So long as we keep in a place of humility and trusting the Lord. Micah says, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. If you walk humbly with him, knowing that he is the one who brings promotion. He is the one who causes things to happen. You walk in true humility, then you will think of yourselves as you should. So yes, on the one hand, because we've got to hold these things in tension. On the one hand, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Conversely, don't think of yourself less than you ought. Because the king of all kings is with you and inside of you and empowering you and enabling you. And he's got a good future for you. This is making sense. Right now, there are heaps and heaps of words that are going around that are bringing so much fear about this glorious weekend that we have to celebrate the goodness of God in the land of the living.
Human Rights Day. All rights come from God. Come on, we get to celebrate that He's given us rights. So we submit ourselves to the King of Kings. This is a great weekend to enjoy this amazing weather and family and friends. Yay. This is not a weekend to come under intimidation and to walk in fear. This is a weekend to live in peace and in the goodness of God. So in a prophetic word, when you read it, oh no, they're coming for me, they're going to get me, oh, oh. It's like, what's the effect on your heart? It's like, God's winning or the devil's winning? If it stirs up in you more faith for the devil than for God, I would flush it. Don't forward it. You know that you can be a part of breaking the chain. Break the chains. Just because somebody's part of some kind of intercessory group calling the nation, it's kind of like, so is this from the Lord? Or is this out of your fear? Just because it's a quote-unquote leader, well, he must be right. Really? Hmm. I shall withhold names. I just... Come on, the Lord's given us discernment. Don't partner with fear. Even if a Christian leader is promoting that fear, don't partner with it. Partner with faith and peace. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Amen. Come, let's stand. Can we say thank you to the Lord for the Spirit? The Spirit who will lead us and guide us into all truth. Thank you that you give us the ability to discern the fruit of the Spirit and to know what is right, that we might walk in right ways and right paths. Thank you, Lord, that you give to us leaders and brothers and sisters to journey along with us to make sure that we're in the right place at the right time. Thank you, Lord, that you are causing us to think accurately about who we are in you not too highly and not too lowly thank you that you are doing a good thing in and through the body of Christ in these days so we give you thanks and praise for all that you have done Ebenezer all that you are doing and all that you will do to you be praise, honor, and glory. And so now may the love of God and the grace 
of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Christ, the Anointed One. And the sweet and powerful, light-giving fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Have an amazing time with your family this weekend. Be in faith. There's a generosity table. Please help yourselves. Love on each other. Have some coffee. Strengthen and encourage each other in the Lord. Thanks for those of you joining us online. Be blessed until next time. Thank you.